Hi, and welcome to another episode of Tom Ray's Art Podcast. I'm Tom. On today's show, I meet an animator from Denmark. Now, the way that I met this animator is very interesting. Matter of fact, this animator follows me on my band's website. Uh, I sent out an email to my band's, my band Lorenzo's Music, uh, sent out an email to our email list. Uh, just kind of, uh, I was just trying to make sure people were subscribed to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Lorenzo's music. Uh, there you go. I'm doing that to you now. Uh, and, uh, just saying, Hey, if you haven't, please do, because that helps out the band. We're trying to build up our subscribers to get, you know, uh, monetization and all this kind of stuff. That's not important. The important thing is, is one of the people that subscribed, uh, I got an alert and I saw their icon and I was like, well, that's a cool illustrated icon. So I went to go check out their work and they are this amazing animator that follows us that lives in Denmark. So I had to reach out and talk to the person and ask them about the animation they do and the work they've done. They've been in festivals. They uh, have gotten grants and funding for, for doing projects and uh, just a whole body of work that is just, it blows me away. And I couldn't, I couldn't not talk to this person. I had to, I was just I, I watched a bunch of the videos and just really, it was, it was so fantastic. So listen to this interview. It's fun and it's starting right now. So my name is Janelle Nørgaard and I'm based in Copenhagen, Denmark and I'm an animation director. Yes. And I do, do animation for adults. You So for, is it specifically that way? Like, did you ever... You just started out that way or uh, became that way or decided that that was the way to do animation for yourself? Like, how do you determine to do animation for adults? It's like I, have, I have done things for kids and I'm still doing things for kids in between. But my main focus is to do animation for adults and the stories I create myself are stories targeted adults. Okay. How did you get started with animation? Like I went to school in we have a there's a school in Denmark it's based in Viborg in Jutland called the Animation Workshop uh, and I did a, I took my education there so I got a bachelor degree in character animation and this was so that was college uh, were you doing animation before college uh, no I was there when I was in ninth grade like in primary school oh I was there for just one one week to uh, to check it out to see if it was something I was interested in so I tried a little bit of animation okay. But uh, yeah. And so, uh, all right. Now I've seen your stuff. Uh, I, actually, I've been binging it since we met. Well, first of all, let's do, let's talk about the backstory about how, how this happened. So uh, you, I, I sent out to my band, uh, you're on our email list, which I mean, you know, I, I didn't know who you were, but I knew you were on the email list and I sent out an email going, Hey, you know, just kind of promoting our YouTube channel and going, Hey, people subscribe here. And I sent that out and just, you know, telling people, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It helps us out. And I see, um, I get alerts of people who subscribe and one popped up and it was a logo of a drawing. And I was just like, well, that's an interesting logo. I'm going to see what they have on their channel. Check it out. And then I saw your amazing animations and I had no idea. It's it, And so I just reached out to you and I was like, hey, <laughs> your stuff's amazing. I want to talk to you. <laughs> so, And then you explained to me how you found out about my band. You were in Korea. So tell me about your time in Korea and how that all played out. Yeah, so that was when you were on my YouTube channel, you probably saw there was a trailer for a, a webisode called Fear. Mm -hmm. 
And that that uh, episode brought me to South Korea for an animation uh, festival. And when I was there, because South Korea is very far from Denmark, I decided to spend some time sightseeing. And I went to a small island called Jeju Island. Uh, and when I was there, when I was there, there was a typhoon hitting the island, so I yes. couldn't get back to the festival. <laughs> so I was stuck inside a hotel or like a bit Airbnb room for like uh, two days with a view of the ocean, and I could only stay inside and wait for this typhoon to to be over. And then I decided to do a video journal with all my pictures and videos I'd done on the on the trip to uh, up until then, and then animate some things on top when I got back home. And then to edit the, this, I wanted to find some really cool music, and then that's where I found your band. Yes. Uh, yes, and I found this uh, song called Astronaut, and it just really captured the mood of my trip. So I I put it on, and then I've been subscribing to your newsletter ever since. So I've actually been following the progress of your trip for that too. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the uh, the trip that you had there, so you you were stuck in the typhoon. Are you saying you were at the airport and you create? Because I've you also shared that video that you made with our song in it, which is like you said, half live action, yeah. half animation. You did that while you were sitting there waiting. No, I did the edit of it, and the, the in the end, there's something in a in an airplane that's right. That's actually after the typhoon. So I finished it when I got back home to Denmark. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I started it there, and then I, yeah, I have also some things from the festival. There's some doors closing in front of a lady that's from the festival. That was also after the typhoon. Yeah. Yeah. And while you were fil- so, were you filming that stuff, plan- planning to do this uh, vlog, this video journal? Because, um, and I'm, I'm going to get to this too. But just mm-hmm. even that vlog, it was just like, well, this is this is like a directorial piece. This isn't just like somebody going, here's some, here's my vacation photos, you know? <laughs> so um, just piecing it together, were you planning on doing this or this is just, you did it because you were bored and you were like, that's how you orchestrated it. Or how did the the whole thing come about? Yeah, I didn't plan it in the beginning. It okay. was like when I was, when I was stuck inside, I was like, I'm here for some time. What can I do? And then I was going through my photos and videos up until then, and I was like, okay, this would actually be nice to do something with this while I'm here. And then I started, after that, then I started to record with the uh, thought in mind that I would finish it as a... Okay. Yeah. All right. So I kind of half, half just go ahead and then edit it when I got back home, and then some of it is planned a little bit, you can say. Okay. Now now tell me more about uh, going to Korea for the for this animated film that you did. Uh, how did you end up there, first of all? Yeah, so like, you know, when you do like an animated film, uh, you can send it to a bunch of festivals. And then sometimes uh, they are kind enough to pay for the stay and for the festival batch if you come all the way. <laughs> okay. And they and they offered that. So I, I booked the plane ticket and I paid that myself. But I booked the plane ticket and I went there as their guest for, Supposed to be there for a week, but it ended up being only three days because of the typhoon. Okay, what was uh, the yeah. animation festival that you uh, that was there? It's called Sikaf. Okay, I don't know if I've ever. I actually, I'm saying yeah. I don't know if I ever heard of that one. Like I've heard of many. Uh, I've barely heard of any. I only know of a few, really. So, uh, uh, how many would you say you submit to every year? Like I don't submit to like in, right now. It's been a while since I had a film to submit to festivals. So okay. It, it, it's not something I do on a regular basis every year. 
But whenever I have a film, I'll just I'll submit it to all the free festivals, and then I'll select a few of the you know, like you do a festival run, then you send it to the A festivals first, like the big uh, big profile festivals, to see if any of them will take it because that gives the possibility for people like important people in the business to see it and for it to get recognition. Uh, and then and then I send it to all the so-called B-list festivals afterwards. Uh, and I don't remember how many it is. It depends a little bit. For web series, it, it's a little bit fewer than it is for short films. There are more short films for series. Okay. And yeah. you have done web series? Yeah. So the one called Fiat, that's the first episode of a web series. But okay. the rest of the episodes just never got made. It got the, We got some funding for the first episode from a Danish film fund. Uh, and then after that, it was cancelled. Oh no! How did yeah. it get cancelled? If if it was funded, how did it get cancelled? Yeah, but it's because it's funded in in chunks in Denmark. So they fund a certain amount of projects for development, and this was the development part. And then they fund a, a portion of those for production. Okay. All right. Yeah. So so you among other animators or uh, artists that they pick is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Now, going back to what you said earlier, you said that you do animation for adults. So how would you actually describe or explain the work to people uh, as to, as far as what they can expect when they see it? Because sometimes animations for adults, you know, they're thinking Fritz the Cat or, you know, things like that, that are, you know, when you say adult, you're talking about adult-oriented themes, but you mean more adult-like uh what's become more popular, like uh, it's okay for adults to watch animation type thing, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. And like the the work I do is more towards the like sci-fi drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has this dreamy feel to it. And it's, um, it's about yeah, all different kinds of things actually, but like trying to, to find something we know from our everyday life. It can be about love. It can be about, you know, like power dynamics between people and then create a story around that, but using animation as this visual tool that can tell about some of these themes in a, in a, in another way uh, than you can do in live action. Yeah. Um, and you- yeah, so I'm really into like tr- things that transforms and morphs and becomes overworldly creatures and things like this. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, uh, I I when I was going through your animation there's one that uh is also i mean it's it's for adults but it's also kind of a theme that would be for uh i guess how disney sometimes gets a little bit more i want to say depressed or depressing or do things that are sad the the uh dogs in heaven one oh yeah but that's for kids actually no it is okay that's yeah, what i was gonna yeah, say yeah, um, I done in 2012 and that's what i mean i i have done things for kids also but no, okay I mean- this for adults that one is it's, it's not like a dogma it's just like where my interest is yeah and yeah. that that one's interesting in the fact that it's and this is just me observing in the fact where i've seen this type of art style because you do a different form of animation in it where it's not the typical it's outlined and colored in their their shapes uh are the colors and that's how it's formed and this is just me personally how would you animate that i feel i feel like that's tougher especially since i know a lot of your stuff is a mixture of hand animation and used 
in digital process, which I'm going to ask you about in a minute too. But but animating something like that where it's really just there are no outlines of it, they're just kind of colorful, almost like graphic design shapes. Uh, mm-hmm. How how do you? I guess I guess I'm trying to think of a smart way to go. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. So like the the process was for the for the rough animation and the tie down animation. Uh, everything is done traditionally like it is with with an animation with outline. And then there's the cleanup phase uh, that has defined, uh, you know, we've been cleaning up with the same color outline for the face as the skin color and the same color outline for the hair as the hair color. And that is what has brought this book to it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so, so the animation is the same, but the cleanup phase is different. And it's like the cleanup phase is more complicated and it takes longer, but. I was going to well, say, it sounds like you're making it more complicated. Okay. Yeah. And for, for this particular film, we also have hand-drawn textures on top. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So there were several passes in the cleanup phase. Yeah. So then let's lead into the thing that I was going to say is, what is the process for uh, doing your hand animation and the process into, um, I, I'm assuming you do it digitally and like what tools do you use? Like what is your, what is your process for creating it? I'm fascinated. <laughs> yeah, so I use a software called TV Paint Animation, which is a French software for, oh. for hand-drawn frame-by-frame animation. Uh, so the process is pretty close to the one you know from the old Disney movies where they, they were drawing on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference is that I have like a, a, a very big tablet. So I, I draw everything by hand, but it's already in the computer. Okay. Uh, so I can skip the... the f- the part of scanning and cleaning and making sure the light in the room is the same when you scan your drawings. And right. All this can be a little bit complicated. Well, and you get to test out the in-betweens during that process then, right? No, like the in-betweens are hand-drawn as well. Okay. Yeah. But, but so you're able to scrub through it and see if they work or not. Instead of like on paper, you have to flip them and see where they oh, work. Yeah. I, I, I think that's pretty much the same if you flip it or if you scrub. Sometimes, yeah. Actually, sometimes I miss the flipping. I, I'm trained on paper. Uh, and there has, I, it's, it's very detailed, but there is a difference that you cannot translate into the digital. But yeah. Survive. <laughs> I've only done slight animation over the years, but I'm more... I'm spoiled, I guess, in the sense that I've only, <laughs> I've only been successful at it doing it on the computer. So... It's, uh, I've tried to do the flip thing and I'm just, yeah. I see people do it and I try to put the paper in between my fingers the way I see them do it. And it's like, nah, it, it never makes sense to me. <laughs> well, I, I guess you have to train it a little bit, but it gets really intuitive and it's, I don't know, it's some, there's something about using your body like that. That's you, you feel the rhythm in a different way. You feel the timing in a different way. Okay. I read a, a book about that's a, something different, but it's about editing. It's called In the Blink of an Eye. Okay. Uh, and there's this editor talking about transitioning from the big editing boards where you had to stand up to do the editing and how you felt the rhythm of your body by standing by this board and you had to move the things and cut them. And then he moved to work on the computer and he had to build a workstation for himself where he would still stand up. Because you cannot feel the same rhythm when you're just sitting down in front of the computer and everything is like somehow, I don't know, you're not as free. Okay. That yeah, makes- it's a little bit the same with the scrubbing versus the flipping. <laughs> <laughs> How many people work on a project when you, uh, or work with you on a project when you create one? Um, I know oh, I saw that. Very- What's that? 
that's very different. Like okay. some projects, yeah, some projects I do on my own from end to end. Really? Uh, yeah, and for the Dog in Heaven, I guess we were about 25 on the team. Okay. And yeah, I don't remember. It was a very small team. It was like two animators and one background artist and one producer and me and then a few assistants in the end. Okay. Yeah. Well, how do you get started with the project then? If uh, First of all, from the conception of it, what makes you go like, okay, I'm going to make uh, an animation? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you really, it starts somewhere. And what makes you go, this is going to be the project. I'm going to get the funding for this and I'm going to do this. Like how, how do you decide what to work on? Yeah, so that, that's always a tricky question, isn't it? How do yeah. like, <laughs> I think for me, uh, it always starts with a feeling. It's something, you know, I can I can sense there's something that's interesting. And, you know, I hear a song and it kind of reminds me of this feeling that I'm interested in. And I see some art or I see a bird in the sky or whatever. And it reminds me of this feeling I'm interested in. And then slowly it starts to shape into into something I can put into words. And then I, I write notes on my phone. Okay. Uh, and sometimes I'm like, I, I would like to work with this theme or this mood, or sometimes a character comes first. That's very different for me what, where it starts. And then I start to write things down. And then at some point it becomes an idea that you can pitch or like that you can, you can say, this is a film or this is an illustration. Or, and then I decide what medium it will be and, and what length, uh, because some, some ideas can go more classical film ideas and other ideas are more abstract and I have to try them out as drawings or little poems or whatever. And some of them, never, they, they never meet the world. Some of them, they just stay. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I have so many things. Worth, but you ever the, the good thing about those is sometimes you revisit them, you forgot all about them and you're like, this is brilliant. Why didn't I do this? You know, you yeah, sometimes something new comes out of it. Exactly. Or you see it in a different light. Sorry, what did you say? I, or you see it in a different light, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, because of time has passed and all that. Yeah. I'm, at the moment, I'm a really big fan of just letting subconscious do its thing and then return to it uh, half a year later and see if there's something there. Mm-hmm. I did it, At some point, I did the Inktober thing on Instagram. Do you know about it? Mm-mm. But you do a drawing every day for a month of October. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's in black and white, preferably ink, but I just did it digital because I just got my iPad and I wanted to get used to drawing that. So I just did black and white drawings on the iPad. Okay. Uh, and it was during COVID. And then looking back at it later, I just realized that I'd done all these creatures with bubbles around their heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was very like solitude, isolation. Oh. And I didn't even think about it at that point. And then I was like, ah, this is so COVID. I'm never going to do anything with that. But then I returned to it later again. I was like, maybe there is something that is actually deeper than that period of time in our lives that I can develop on and, and use for, for something, for a story. Yeah. And I also noticed that you've been doing uh, Instagram loops as well, which is something I've always wanted to toy with. But yeah. Oh man, well you do animation more. To me, I'm just like, well, when am I gonna find the time to do that? I have other things to do where it's this is what you do. So uh it, what when did you how many of those loops have you done? I see you even have some short videos on your Vimeo channel about them. How many I mean, I guess how much animation do you put out <laughs> when when you're working, I suppose? 
I have I have no clue. <laughs> like, like I haven't counted them. I don't know. And I think like so, some of the loops they took me like two weeks to create. You know, two weeks of full time work. And yeah, some of them they they were done in half an hour. So, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to go back to uh, what you were saying before about how you had uh, gotten a grant from uh, the I forget the name of the organization, but you got the grant for that web series and. Now, for each animation, I guess this is much like being a musician or the fact that I do cartoons. And for some reason, uh, any sort of video format, and this is kind of the way that I work. And for some reason, I chose this. But the medium that we work in is not something that people pay a lot for. They expect, they expect to be able to see it for free or maybe pay 99 cents for it. And... I don't know why that is. So how do you <laughs> how do you get these projects funded? Because it, like you said, sometimes it takes twenty five people to do the project, or much like with a band, it takes a group of people in studio time and time and effort. So how do you get funded or find these organizations to uh, give you a grant or things like that? How do, how do you go about that? So in Europe, we have like a funding system. So it's government funding of arts and we can apply for those funds but it requires for example i'm a director so i will uh, i will hook up with a studio with producers and together we'll apply for the fund okay Uh, yeah and then it's uh, they they support x amount of films every year all right Uh, and then then they have some some criterias and it differs from fund to fund and based on that, that then they select the films to get made so criteria is saying that it has to include this or it has to, there has to be an educational element or yeah. The like, government funding cannot really have criteria like that. We have something called the arm length principle where politicians cannot decide what art can be created. Like, oh, it must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then, you know, then for example, in Denmark, there are some criteria about it. Uh, either being in Danish or having some sort of Danish culture inside of it because we're a very small territory. So, so one one point of the funds is also to protect this territory. So we get some uh, we get some entertainment and some culture and some art that is from here because we cannot. It's very difficult to create a movie in Denmark, even like a super low budget documentary that actually makes money. Okay. Like it's so few, few uh, films that can, uh, what do you call it, recoup mm-hmm. in, the, in the territory of Denmark. Then of course we do films that uh, travel all over the world and get shown in many territories. And, and some of those actually generates this, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's something that's, Done so that we can, like, kind of to what you say, to be, be able to continue uh, to develop cultural content in a small territory. Yeah, but then why do we do it? I mean, I get the cultural part, but sometimes it's just like you're banging your head against the wall, but you're doing it because you have this thing you want to create, and then you create it and it's done, and people go, oh, that's pretty good. And then they move on. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah. that's, that's why we do it. That's not why they fund us, right? Like, right, exactly. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like, gosh, why do we do it yeah. then? It's like, and then it's on to the next project because then it's like, well, this, you don't just make one thing and go, well, there you go. I did it. <laughs> we I then create it's another. That's also the wonderful thing about it is that it's so difficult to explain exactly why we do it. It's just like, because we have to. Yeah. 
I don't know how to not do it. Well, in this kind of, oddly enough, this actually kind of segues into the next question. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, cause, uh, the, the main thing that I always say, and when I put it out there, or if I even put it up for sale or have something available to people, I do it because I would, I would do it anyway. You know, <laughs> even if I wasn't being funded, it's like, well, I'd still want to do it. And I probably would. I just wouldn't show it to anybody. So this kind of leads into my next question, which is when did you start putting your stuff out there publicly? It's one thing to just go and make an animation, but when did you start going, I'm going to start showing this to people and submitting it? Like around what time made you decide that, and this is the difficult part, your work is good enough to finally share with other people, <laughs> which is a tough thing to do when you first start. <laughs> Uh, I actually, I'm not sure if I made that choice that <laughs> like because no, but when we were in school, we were told to do a blog and we had to put our exercises up on the blog. So okay. I think it kind of came naturally out of the education. And then in the third year, we did our bachelor film and it was sent to festivals and we had to do a blog around that. Uh, and then we had to do a portfolio that, you know, that's how you get work in the animation industry is that you put your work online for studios to see it. It's presented as a portfolio. And of course, that's very different than putting your own personal pieces on Instagram or on YouTube. But yeah, I think it just kind of happened as a extent, as an extension of that. And I've actually, you remind me that I have talked to a couple of other people that went to um, to art school, uh, college, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And that's true. Uh, people did, especially in the late 2000s, uh, tell people to do a blog and put stuff out there. And it's almost like the teachers knew that, hey, this is going to be the way you promote yourself and get used to writing things and putting things out there in the world and explaining your work instead of going, tell me about it. And I'm going to say whether or not I find it good. It's like, tell the world and see if they find it good. Yeah. There was that, that boom of uh, when blogger first came out and like every cartoonist and animator was on blogger, at least here in the States, they were, there was, you know, I followed so many comic book artists and animators on, on that during that time. So yeah, that's true. It's, huh. I mean, it's so obvious. Sorry. I'm just, now all of a sudden I'm having a little moment in my head. Uh, <laughs> how, did you, like, how did you decide to do I actually started, uh, mainly it started out with, uh, I was drawing when I was younger and, uh, first in second grade, basically I did it to impress a girl, uh, second grade, I went home and there was a kid or I, I was at school and there was a kid that was drawing, uh, I think it was Scooby-Doo or something. I don't know. He was drawing something. And this girl that I liked was like, oh, that's so neat. Draw me a picture. So I went home and asked my parents if either of them knew how to draw and teach me how to draw Snoopy. And my mom apparently did, which I never thought about it. Uh, and she showed me how to draw Snoopy. So I practiced all day. And then I went back the next day and I drew a picture of that and gave it to the girl. And suddenly I was the guy that could draw pictures of things for people. And then I was drawing pictures for everybody. And that's how I started actually showing people my work. One, selfishly. And then two, to go like, oh, people like this. And that's kind of neat. You know, mm-hmm. and that, that's a simplistic way. <laughs> and then I started a band when I was in fourth grade because I'm like, well, I like music too. Let's try music. And then I... <laughs> created a band in fourth grade. So I guess that's how I started out. I never thought about that before. I ask that question all the time. Huh? (laughs) Again, you got me thinking about in my own head, (laughs) but that's That's good. And it's a good conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so with what you've been doing and putting your stuff out there and doing these festivals, which 
terrifies me. And you, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even know to begin to where to submit. Um, first of all, what is your experience submitting to festivals? And like, what have you learned as far as actually getting your work accepted or what's required of you to even uh, get considered for these festivals? Like, I, I think, of course, it's always, if you send stuff and you get a lot of rejections, that's always tough. But I feel there's so, like, when you get selected to a festival and if you go, it's a super cool experience because you meet other people who, are, who love the same things as you do. You meet other people who does animation. You get to show your stuff to a crowd who actually reacts like uh, real time to your face, kind of, or like to the screen. Right. And you can sit there and you can hear when they're holding their breath or when they're laughing. And it's like, it's super terrifying, but it's also awesome to like be there and experience it. And I, and I think that's one of the things sometimes that can be a little bit lonely or I don't know how to like, but we do all this work and we put ourselves into it and then we put it online. And then it's, of course, there's an interaction, but it's, uh, it's very distant compared to when you go to a festival. Yeah. I think festivals are super important and I really love it when I have stuff that I can submit and I can go to a festival with my things because, yeah, uh, to be able to hear other people, also other people from other parts of the world, how they react to it. Because if I, can, I can show it to my friends and my colleagues, but we're in a little bubble here. <laughs> and it's very nice to, to see how people react who comes from a completely different background. Wow. But still loves animation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I only, uh, I've, I've heard people talk about that and... I've been envious of it. And then I recently just got the chance to go to Prague for yeah. a conference for something. And yeah, it's like the fact that you're there and people are there to know about what you do or see what you do. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard people talk about it, but when that happens, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. It's, it's, it's also very heartwarming and it's, yeah, you're right. It is hard to explain. It's, <laughs> yeah. but it's nice because you get like, a, you get connection. Yeah. And I, and I guess that also ties back a little bit to why, why do we do this? Like, we do this also to connect with other people and to, to share our thoughts about the world and our experiences and see if somebody else connects to that. And in that sense, we are somehow things make sense or we're like more in it together or, yeah. Yeah. And how long does it take you to do a piece? Like, let's say comparatively, the, web series that you did as opposed to one of the shorter ones. It's not even really that short, but the one, uh, the, uh, the piano player and the cat, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Oh yeah. But that was our graduation film. So that was a bit special because that was, okay. yeah, but that was like a one year of school, but then we had to go and work on another film for the Danish film school. Oh. During, so I guess it was like two times three or four months. we had for, And we were four people on it. Okay. Yeah. It's and a very small team. <laughs> here, actually, now you just made me think of another thing. Uh, actually, I was going to ask it before, but when you said you had four people that you worked with. And so growing up watching animation myself, you'll see their animations where it's like directed by, you know, and um, like the, even like the Looney Tunes and other things like that. I know I liked the Robert McKimson ones or I liked the, you know, or the Frizz Freeling ones but it says they directed it and then it shows the list of animators. What's the difference between that? It's, so it gets the style of the director, but yet other people are doing the animation. How, how 
does that work? How how is uh, how much animation does the director actually do, or is it more the storyboards? What what is the process for that? So that's very different from project to project and from director to okay. And like for me, I, I have some projects where I, I just direct and I, maybe I do a little bit of character design, or, but other than that, I have a crew who does all the drawing. And then there are other projects. I don't know if you've seen some of the music videos I've done. Yes. And yeah. And I know I'll do everything myself. Okay. So I'll come up with an idea and I'll write and I'll storyboard and I'll animate and I'll compose it. Uh, and then I've done there's also one music video with some CG in it and that was a collaboration between me and one other who did the CG okay yeah alright and yeah it's just um, I, I guess yeah you're right It's it depends on what you want I guess it depends on what you want to do as a director you're the director you can be as involved in one process or not and then I guess that includes editing the actual finished footage and choosing what works where and the timing with background elements and all that too so, but usually the editing is actually done up front in animation you do that in the storyboard phase and then True. depending on your workflow and budgets you can of course have shots that you take out in the end or animate a little extra so that you have something to work with in the final edit but yeah it's not that it's it's not the same as on a live action film where the film is actually being put together and edited in okay. animation that entire part in the beginning and then you animate those shots. That is one of the things that is a lot easier is uh, doing the storyboards ahead of time. And even like, I mean, filming the storyboards and going along with the voice track, that's the, in editing and going, oh, well, that doesn't work there. And so mm-hmm. you just all, it's as simple as just going, well, I'll just draw another sketch and put that in place. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Instead of going through tons of reshoots after the fact, if it was live or whatever, um, yeah, but also because animation takes so long, and right, you know, I went through route to cut out a, a lot of work that somebody was sweating over for half a year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do you have any projects right now that you're working on, or any sort of? Uh, ideas even that are in the works or things that you want to do soon like what 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 are you working on these days oh i have plenty but it's not like it's not something that is uh, mature enough to share okay so it's really still in the creation phase yeah okay so the last thing that you had done was the the web the web series or at least that's what it looked like on your timeline aside from the loops that's the last one that's been put out yeah okay all right. Yeah. It, well, this thing that you can't tell us about—do you have a? Do you have an estimated timeline of when you think we could see something? Because I'm just curious. So I have some f- very small thing that hopefully will come out later this year. Oh, okay. Uh, but that's a tiny, tiny thing that I'm just so, totally indie thing. And then I'm working on something. Uh, I'm talking to some producers about it now. And depending on how that goes, maybe next year I can start talking a bit more about it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. you, I mean, you're going to let me know, sorry. right? <laughs> when I was younger, I was always trying to push things to go faster, but animation just takes time. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Whatever. Also the idea creation of it. <laughs> All right. And if people wanted to check out some of your work, where would you suggest that they go do so? Uh, yeah, I think my YouTube channel is a good place and uh, my Instagram Okay. 
And those are all linked up on your website at, uh, oh, that's what I wanted to ask you about too. The name of your website, which is, and I'm probably going to mispronounce it. So I'm just going to have you say it. What's the name of your website? Sync. Okay. What is that? So that's a, a silly wordplay thing. It's like, you know, the word sync that's about syncing up sound and okay. picture. And uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but then with the Danish ö, because that's part of my last name. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of get it now. Okay, so it's so a word, but it kind of refers to uh, the syncing up of uh, image and sound. Because I, when I, when I created that, I was doing a lot of music video things. Yeah, and what's the what's the band that you've uh, you've done music videos for uh, one particular band a few times? Yeah, they're called June. Okay, how do you know them? Uh, well, it's a Danish pop band, and they and they decided to start out as this anime concept. Uh, so they were reaching out to me. Okay. And then they had a meeting, and we found out that our ideas and styles align very well. Yeah, no, they yeah. they do. <laughs> I've seen the videos; they're nice. Yeah. Oh, and so for people uh, that uh, didn't know what the website was, uh, it's spelled it's S O N C. Because here it's sync with a Y, but I get you're saying with the with the O and using your last name. That's yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you so much for talking with me. I'm actually really glad that I got the chance to meet you. This I was so glad that that happened. Yeah, this was super nice.